Kristen. Thanks for joining us at Noosa Church's God in Us podcast, where we believe that the God in us is our real story to be told. Our church family is full of incredible people who are living out their faith every day and living lives that are bringing glory to God. Let's hear about the God in us. Good morning, Patria. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Good. So I'm very excited about chatting with you today (laughs) because we've been friends for a long time. So let me tell you what I do know about you. Patria Pradella. Oh, uh, real estate agent extraordinaire. Oh, God. Mother of three grown now children and grandmother to three beautiful little grandkids. Um, grandmother to a pooch that's joined us today in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. And um, very remarkable woman that continues to inspire me constantly. Yes, you're saying no, 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 but yes, you are. I don't know why you say that. <laughs> I know, I know, but do you know what? I want to share with people today about the God in you. So when did we meet? How long have you been coming to this church? Oh, look, I started when it was a roll, in the roller drum. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was... So over, that would be over 30 years ago. Yes, and the Cummings, Sharon and John Cummings were my friends. They used to have the Sunshine Beach Post Office. And um, I used to go up there every morning when the kids were babies and get my mail. And so that's how I know them. And they mentioned the church. Wow. And that's how come I ended up there. There you go. So I ended up there through one of my many traumas, many Hiroshima's in life. And (laughs) (laughs) I had an old old client um, from Switzerland and I did something peculiar in my personal life and he was always so helpful and he said, Patria, no more big bangs. <laughs> Just no more big bangs in your life. <laughs> but there have been a few more big bangs. Very big. Yes. They got bigger and bigger. Yes. And we've walked through some of those big bangs together, which has been a bit of fun. Oh, you've been very, very good. <laughs> oh, I remember when I was very angry with the church Um, um when Greg was sick, he was in the ICU, and you came. It was a, it was pouring rain, and you came to my house, and I was so angry, and you took the time to settle me down, and we prayed, and it was all, you know, it all worked out. It all worked out. Mm. Mm. God was good. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So. I want to talk a little bit about the last couple of years because the last couple of years have been big for you, haven't they? Yeah, they got very big. Starting with your hip. When was that? Yeah, what that year was two, that? That was October 2017. Yeah, wow. Do you Here want you me go. to get this dog on my lap or is he fine? He's fine. Okay. Don't worry about him. Yep. <laughs> so tell me about your hip. What happened there? Look, I played a lot of sport. I've had a very physical, physical, physical life and also manual work. And um, so I had... Uh, um, a hip replacement on the right hip in 2007 and then the left hip in 2014. And anyway, I was sick about 2009 and I got increasingly sicker and sicker and, oh, it was dreadful. And they were giving me injections for a suspected disease, which it turns out I never had. So I was on immune suppressants 
And um, anyway, it turns out it was metallosis, metal on metal scraping all those years. So I had metal in my bloodstream, mammoth proportions. So that's what was making me become progressively sicker. I could hardly get up in the mornings. and um, But I just, you, know, you plug away. And so that, then we decided to take it out. I went skiing with Greg. We always go down, drive down to the snow every year. And I thought this will be my last season. And it turns out it was. And we came back and I was operated on in the end of October and Golden Staff came in um, at that time but I was taken up to Eden and it exploded up there and it it was bad. But So then rushed back down to Brisbane. Yeah, ambulance you? to Brisbane and then I was there for three months. But it was it was awful. But you know, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you nearly died. It was it was bad. It was funny it was because bad. a friend of mine, her sister died at the same time in Noosa Hospital. She had a cut in her leg, and um, but she had a, an autoimmune uh, disease, yeah. and um, they didn't get her to the operating theatre in time for amputation, and she died. So that went on at the same time. Mm. Wow! So it was it was trying because I was in and out of the ICU, and then they kept operating. So what should have been two operations ended in fifteen, <gasps> and just what clean they couldn't put um they couldn't put a hip or a spacer nothing in because it was too fraught with danger with infection so i came out without a hip at all but i've got which would have been crazy not having a hip well it's funny i don't know whether i've got a low intelligence or not because (laughs) because (laughs) i don't know Kristen. i just think oh well here we go and you know, you don't really think about it. You just got this to deal with, and you deal with it. But life changed pretty dramatically at that point, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've got a disability. It's only minor now. It was going to be major, they said, but it's minor. But it's still, it's it, it does hamper my physical uh, physicality. But um, so you went from running at a million miles an hour mm, to all of a sudden having no hip, mm, sitting on the footpath for fifteen S- months. And a chair. I've got two chairs stolen on my footpath. (laughs) Seriously? Yeah. So that was your entertainment each day? Yeah, I'd go out at 7.30. To up your driveway? Mm. Well, steep my driveway. I'd sit out there. I'd sit out there with... Now, Pauline Staley gave me a book. I saw at the x-ray clinic and she gave me a book... um, Oh, it was a devotional. I can't remember yes. that. And I, I took, used to take it out to the footpath and I'd sit and I'd read that. Streams in the desert. Streams in the desert. Yes. That's it. And I, it was about gratitude. Yes. A lot of gratitude in that yeah. book. And um, I'd read it every day. And then I'd come back down about noon. Yeah. And because the sun had changed and I'd eat something. I ended up a bit overweight because I was eating. And what can you do when you can't move? Yeah, and I'd eat and um, hobble around and... But you can't, it's without a hip, there's no balance. No. And so if you're gone, you can, there's no, once you lose your balance, you, 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 you're you over, you've, you're yeah. fractured. You're so s- what happened on that footpath? I had a lot of people walk past. And um, so I had a spare chair around the corner of the driveway and I'd just say, oh, go and get yourself a chair. And the, the people would come. There'd be lots of passers-by and they'd all sit. In, it was like having a, a <laughs> it was like having a sermon. <laughs> it was funny. It was a funny time. It. Yeah. So you got to know everyone in your street, and, and others, because it was a 
where I was was um, around about to get down to the beach. Yes. So there's lots of, of traffic going past. So what would you talk about? Anything. Anything. Christianity always came into it. Yeah. It always does. Yeah. After a while. It's inevitable. And was that... A and then I had the Seventh-day Adventists say, or what are they, Jehovah's Witnesses, yes. whatever they, those people that come they around. They came around and they'd come around every week and they'd sit there and the shadows would change in winter. So it used to get a bit cold. and But they'd come at a certain time and... Um, and I'd read scriptures and whatnot, and we'd talk about things, yeah, different. And the neighbour up the road, he was a grumpy old sod, and he'd come down and he'd chat for a long time because he needed somebody to talk to. He was lonely. <laughs> a lot of people are very lonely. Yeah. Very. So you discovered a different um, aspect to life, didn't you? From fast pace to slowing down and actually... You discovered a whole new community of people that you would never have discovered. Yes, yes. Um, I became thankful for small mercies and I wore the worst clothes because I couldn't... It was hard to change, it was hard yeah. to dress. Yeah. And um, so I wore out these very out, terrible outfits. And, um, and I, I became thankful for very small mercies. I became very, very minimal in my life and how I ate, how I conducted myself. I've never been sophisticated, but that was um, – that. it was a good time. It was a good time. I look back – Were there dark times? No, not really, no. I was, wow. When I first came home, it was a bit – the ambulance driver dropped me off and I had a few steps to get up, but good old Evan, my – I cried. Oh, he's a good man. He's been there from the very beginning, hasn't he? He raced over and he put in his, you know how he jumps around? Yep. He jumped around with his handrail and jumped around with something to wow. to put my seat up because I couldn't sit down, I couldn't get back out. Yep. So he was there the first day. and um, We love you, Ev. He's amazing, isn't he? Yeah, he's very practical. Yeah. But that's the God in him, isn't it? Mm, yeah. He's a very good person. And yeah. uh, anyway, so he he um, made being at home just that first 24 hours more doable. Yeah. Because I freaked out a bit because I thought, how am I going to get how am I going to get up and down these st- these little stairs? Yeah. But anyway, at all, I remember my daughter looked at me and said, she saw tears in my eyes and she said, "What's wrong?" I just said, "I don't know how I'm going to do this." Anyway, that was the only dark time, thanks to Pauline Staley and her book. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? It was good times. And Julie Scott's. Oh, Julie Scott. What a blessing was she. She'd come and visit and sit out on the road with you? No, she came no, to me. I never, never met Julie in my inside. life before. She came down to see me with um, Bev Tunley in hospital. And I got all these cards from the KYB woman and I'd sit in, I'd be lying in the hospital bed and I'd look at these. I'd kept a lot of the things I threw out because you've got to keep it pretty lean. And I kept um, those cards and um, a couple of things that Julie's daughter, who's now deceased, made. And um, Julie was a godsend. Mm. So beautiful. Mm. God knew exactly the right people that you needed at the right times, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. So then you had a bit of a second blow. What was How that? long after the 
you had a bit of a financial blow. Oh, that was ongoing. That was before that. That started before that. I, I was very so foolish, very foolish. I, I had a f- very close friend who was in a great deal of financial difficulty and not that I was pl- flush with a dollar, and but I had an overdraft facility quite substantial and um, so I lent her three amounts of money in a short period of time because her daughter was in difficulty mm. and that daughter ended up going to jail for fraud. Oh, no. And um, so I just, that was in 2011. So 2014 I ended up, I had to take, start legal proceedings to get retrieved. It was a huge amount of money back. And so then they, the daughter's quite cunning and she knew how to... Um, um, how should I say, play the system as long mm. as she could. And so we're in and out of courts and all sorts of things. And they they declared themselves bankrupt and put a fraudulent mortgage over the property and to stop it from um, selling. And So this was ongoing while you were dealing with yeah, it? Yeah, it was horrible. It was terrible. It was terrible because I didn't know whether I was going to go to the wall or not. But the bankrupt... How's this? The bankruptcy man that they appointed... They did their research and he said there's no way that they that they will get anything out of this. They're in the wrong. And which I always knew. But he had reams and reams of this these documents that she'd she's quite a smart woman but mentally unbalanced and um to cloud the issue. So that's why it took so long for them to make a decision. But when they're instructed to pay to sell up the the um, home that they'd inherited from her mother, they wouldn't do so. So they fought the whole way through. And um, when I was in hospital, I was really bad and my family wouldn't tell me that he'd rung. So um, finally my nephew came in and he's in bankruptcy um, and he said, Patria, there's um, John from Worrells has called and you'll have to call him. And uh, so I did. And I said, well, what's up? And he said, have you got any money to throw at this? And I said, I've got nothing. And he said, oh, because this is going to be going on for all. These are bad people. Mm-hmm. And um, so I said, look, I'm lying in a bed, hospital bed. I can't get out. I won't be coming home any time soon. And when I do, I'm not going to be much chop. What are you going to do, John? I need your help. And there was silence and he said, all right, we'll do it. Wow. And I said, why? And he rang up. I, I basically, he, he'd rung up initially, my family, to tell me they were going to discontinue because yeah. um, it wasn't viable for them. And he said, um, I can't see the bad guy win. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he retired and it went on then until the end of 2019. Goodness me. Mm, it was terrible. But anyway, it was resolved and... Um, and I got a, a very small amount out of it because it was eaten up with legal costs. Even the judge, they went to the High Court wow. and um, he he yelled at them and said, it's finished, don't you get it? And um, But, you know, it's concluded, it's all finished and I don't, I don't, I'm not angry. So, yeah, where's God in all this for you? You're, you're hipless and don't have a penny to your name. I didn't at that stage, I didn't have any excess, I had my house. So tell me where's God in all this for you? While you're battling, he, he's good. Time. He's he's good. He um, people look. People have said to me a lot of non-Christians. Gee, I don't know how I would have coped with all of that. 
and I didn't pray, as in when I was in the hospital bed, the, the, the what do they call those? Chaplains. Chaplains. Yeah. They'd call around and I didn't pl- pray, I just cried non-stop. I just cried and cried for three months and I wasn't sorry for myself, I just couldn't stop crying. Yeah. And um, But look, if I had to change, I wouldn't change anything, quite frankly. I wouldn't change a thing except my stupidity in doing what I did, um, which was <laughs> naive. Which moments. was naive. But he got – I remember I said to you, Kristen, when I'd bought that house unconditionally and I was fretting. I was fretting because COVID then marched along and that was – oh, that was a whole other ball game. And you said to me that God will be with you the whole way through and he will. And I knew I had to get to B. He was at B. I was at A. But the thing that frightens us, I think, is – we haven't encountered all the things that are going to happen to us in this world on our way to be. Yeah. So we're frightened, full of fear. Yeah. But really, I look back now and all I can see is victory, victory everywhere. I'm as, I'm as happy as a pig in mud. That sounds a bit silly, really, but I am. It's a bit crazy. Is it? Totally. No, I mean, it's how not. How can you be happy as a pig in mud? Oh, well, all of that. I am. I am. It's so. But but tell me who you found God to be in the midst of all of that. Like, what changed for you? Why wouldn't you change it? You knew God before all of that. Yes, but I didn't know it. My faith was faith was tested, and I didn't realise how important how what God was to me. I didn't realise how important He is. And he's everything that I eat and breathe, and there's nothing else. There's nothing else. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know the depth of how I felt about it all until I was tested. Wow. And I've got family, um, you know, in a wide area that um, they've got very good lives, very rich people, quite wealthy, but they've never been tested. Mm. And I don't. I feel sorry for them because you don't really know how good you what you what you really believe in what really what is God about and um, he was there and I know now whatever happens whatever happens God's going to be there and the outcome will always be good it's just a matter of now that Jimmy Swaggart he's a good bloke he's pretty good bloke he says if you don't no if you don't quit God won't quit yeah well and that's true so it's a matter of just, okay, I'm digging my heels in here. I'm on the right road. You've just got to stay the course, stay it through. Don't look left or right. And he's there. He'll be there right at the end and he'll say, shake your hand and he'll say, well done, my dear. Well done. You know, is that right? Totally. <clears throat> so then you decide that given your new um physical status your house is no longer acceptable so you find the perfect house Mm. and it goes to auction which means you have to make an unconditional offer and follow through on that Mm. Um, so then you sign up for that and then you get your house ready put it on the market ready to sell and then COVID happens. I couldn't believe it. Oh, my goodness. Because I backed my judgment. The market, I knew I could sell my own house and get a good price. But in the meantime, I held on by the skin of my teeth with a little unit I'd had. And um, so I, when I got the, the small amount of money out from the bankruptcy people, I renovated it and sold it. And people laughed at me, all the agents. I sold it myself and um, under another real estate banner. And I put a price on what I thought was appropriate. 
and people, other agents scoff, but I got a buyer immediately. I got three buyers immediately for a very good price and it still stand. It would still stand today as a good price. So that was God again. But he provided me with that unit anyway because I bought and sold one up the road and I knew I had to substitute the loan with another property. So I thought, where am I going to go? I like this street. And I contacted the girl, the granddaughter of this old man down the road because he looked sick. And I said, does um, so-and-so want to sell? And she said, no, it's not a good time. And I said, oh, okay. So a week later, the because I sold it to him originally and um, many years ago, and she said, Patria, um, he died. He, we want to sell it. So I bought the, that unit. It was just perfect timing and I hung on to it. So... God, you know. But then tell me where your head is when COVID hits, you have an unconditional offer to buy another house and you haven't yet sold your oh, house. I freaked. I freaked. I've, it was awful because auctions were cancelled, no open homes. That's the right, market, no open homes. The market was, there was on that, what do they call that bloke on Channel 9, that uh, newsreader? Right. He gets on and he's all these terrible stories about the world in disarray and the blah, 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 and Italy's a basket cake, mm. the USA, mm. Donald Trump's mm. got his hands up in disbelief. <laughs> and and I, I just went, oh, my God, I'm gonna, this is awful. I'm going to go to the wall. This is the worst thing. How stupid can I be? And um, I, anyway, I asked the solicitor, I said, can you get a delayed settlement? And she no, they won't do that. And I thought, no, they. That's, I don't believe that. So I knocked on their door, but he was away. He works overseas. So the wife, and the, sure enough, they're going through a divorce. And finally he contacted me and said no. And then and on the phone I said, that, that's right. Then he rang me back a week later. And I said, look, can, um, I'm a Christian. And he said, so am I. I said, good. <laughs> well, well, um, Scott Morrison says we've got to talk to people and I'm talking to you. I need help. And he said, well, I said, you've got three options. You can run off with a deposit. You can can the contract then and get a new buyer. But that's good luck. Yeah. Or you can stick with me. What are you going to do? So he said, I'll stick with you. So we had an extended contract and then I had to sell my house. It was so hard. And um, we, anyway, we finally got a contract and I had one day spare, one day before they were coming in. I had to settle. And I thought, where am I going to get the rest of this money from? And so, God, yeah. But remember, I was freaking. And I thought that I had a strong faith, um, Kristen, but I didn't. And I was weak at the knees. I was going under with pressure. I'd lost a stone. I was sick. I couldn't eat. It's like my whole inside was sour. And um, I I was very, very, very bad. And um, a friend lent me a book. My daughter was concerned. So I went over to his place and he gave me this book. It was a Christian book, um, this preacher in, um, I think, China or somewhere. And um, I read it three times and thought, hmm, that makes sense. And so after that, it was just, a, and I spoke to you, and um, that was the turning point. And I prayed a lot in that period of time, but I was more relaxed about it all. I knew that it would all come out. I've just got to hang in there, just wait. So it'll all work out. Sure enough, oh, it was hard though. Man, you've had some storms. There was, but 
I created a lot of them. You know, all those other things were earlier on in my life. They're repercussions of, of that period, so I had to wear the repercussions. You know. That's tough. We, we can sometimes in our um, Christianese be very quick to blame the devil, can't we? But that's that's no. very brave of you wearing that and owning that. Do you think? I think so. No, I don't I, think we're quick to do that. We're very quick to pass the blame on things, aren't we? We are a blame society. We are, and I'm not. Imp- I'm not impressed. No. I see it everywhere. I see it everywhere. People yeah. don't aren't accountable. Yeah. Like I was accountable. I made in stupidity. I made decisions in my younger years, which multiplied. And I had to wear the repercussions regardless, mm. and I knew that. Mm. Um, but, you know, those days have finished. Yeah. It's like that was the last of sweeping, getting the gangrene out of the wound. Yeah, wow. Now it's, okay, this is a nice new Christian life now. There'll be challenges, but not to this capacity. Yeah. They'll be, they won't be death-defying. Well, you were tried and tested, and you came out still breathing. Happy, I'm, yeah. I, you came out happier. You came yeah. out more positive. You oh, came it's out good. more it's good. in love with Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my son has Jimmy Swaggin on a lot when he's at home and I'm in the kitchen or wherever I am, I can hear it. It's an, it goes in all the time and yes, I am, very much so. Yeah. Mm. That's pretty cool. I'm not as, I don't know, all the, like that fellow that at the... At the Italian <clears throat> meal we had here that you did so wonderfully to, to provide. The boy that stated all the um, books of the Bible, I don't know those. That was amazing. I'd be flat out coming up with four or five. <laughs> no, I'd know them, but not in, in sequence. But, but is that going to change your life? Or do you now know, like you said, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's got your back? Absolutely. Absolutely, but we're starting... And you wouldn't trade that for the world? No, no way, no way in the world. I'd never want to go back. I mean, look, God's had his hand in me since I was about 12 at Mount Tambourine, a Christian camp, but um, and then I wandered away, as we all do. But I wouldn't go back to a life without Christ. I wouldn't want to do that. And we're studying in KYB, um, the book of Daniel, and those three fellows that went into the furnace... I mean, what would I do if I was threatened with a furnace? What oh, would I, I do? I think you've faced your furnace. No, that's very kind of you, but I wonder what I'd do. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we, we're in hairy times right now with mm. all Christian val- values um, being stripped away. There's so many influences in political circles and it's, it's a bit scary um, schools can't do this, can't do that with Christianity. Mm. So if I ever had to declare in the fear for the fear that I was a Christian with the fear of death, would I own up? I've thought about this. I'd probably try and dodge and weave a bit and not be seen, but if that didn't prove to be life-saving... <laughs> <laughs> you have thought about this. <laughs> I have. I'd probably have to declare... Yeah, I'll probably have to put my hand up to the end. Okay, so a, a little bit less um, light 
life-threatening and severe, but how have you gone in the last couple of years just talking to the people in your world? Do they think you're crazy? Probably. I think um, my elder sister uh, thinks she they really like me. She loves me, but, but I think I annoy her. I think people find me um, aggravating. Because? They can't understand. They don't. They don't understand. Um, they don't understand why you can be contented, mm. at why you have contentment and gratitude. Now, here's the thing: I decided not to work, and there was a catalyst in all of that. And I like the buzz of real estate. I'm good at it. I know what to do, and it's exciting, and it's lucrative, but. I decide, I made a decision not to. There's other things and God's got another plan and whatever that may be. I like doing things. And that was hard because you can go back to that same thing you know and you're good at and the world gives you a pat on the back. But that's finished and there's another aspect to life now. And I am excited about that. And my life's busier and fuller than it's ever been God's blessed me for making that decision. And life looks incredibly different for you these days. You are a beekeeper now. Oh, only only the few. I do put my outfit on. And uh, you make jam. I do. I do. I've got the best jam. There's pineapple and ginger. That is nice. And my own rosellas. Mm -hmm. There you go. So... From real estate to um, beekeeper, I love this, and um, you've written your own book. Yes, but that's a whole new story. I mean, try and get it. I mean, you've everything's suable, and I signed up with this publisher, but then I had to remove my name, every declarable name, every place, so nobody, and all the pictures that I had, even of the old Humber Pullman that our family used to drive around in, much to my embarrassment as a kid. It was huge. We used to be the, the Queen used it when she came over in the 40s. So, so had loudspeakers from the front to the back, you know, internally. But I can't, couldn't put anything in this book because we're in a Sioux society. So, but tell me what inspired you to write your story. Well, um, nothing good. Um, I was wondering when I was going through these people that wouldn't repay me, gosh, I could end up on Skid Row here, I better write a book. And my brother-in-law said to me many years ago, he's a doctor, he said, Tree, you should write a book. And I, I thought, hmm, maybe he's right. So I thought, I'd better start. So I did. So I've done that. Yeah. Wow. And I'm going to write another one now, but uh, I don't. It'll be... I think volume two will be even better than volume one, hey? It'll be calm. It'll be calm. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be calm. I love that. It, it will, no, it'll I be nice. That. It'll be it'll be calm and gentle. It won't be full of of sharp curves and precipices and all these sort of things. Yeah, wow. Too many of those big yeah. big Hiroshima's. Isn't it amazing? But when you think of life in the chapters, but isn't it? You know, reading a book and you get to these climaxes and you finish that chapter and you start a new chapter and. It's so true to life, isn't it, that we have so many different chapters through life that look incredibly different but but 
hindsight, isn't it? And being able to reflect back. Like it must be amazing for you to write something like that, your life story. It was full of tears. And look back. It was full of tears, my life. Do you life. see God through it all? Oh, yes. All the way through. Even in the, the horrific chapters? Mm, when, I re- when I wrote it, because I'm just an, an average baby boomer. And there's lots of them on, a, on the east coast of Australia. So I thought it could be relevant. Somebody might find interesting and they can identify. Yes, it was very, um, very good to phys- uh, for your emotions to address things again and clean it, clean it all out. But God was there from when I was that girl at that, at that camp at Mount Tambourine. You know, he's had his hand there. Every single I've taken the bait day. of life, though, of the world. I'd, I'd succumb to my ego and um, my gifts or talents. That's why I said to you yesterday, I don't want to, you know, I'm claiming a few things that I'm good at. I don't want to do that because I've been there, done that. It's not particularly handsome. No, it's not. But when we can turn that around and see it, as a precious gift from God and bring glory back to him, then that's what those gifts were intended to be, weren't they? We've got, there's a man down the road where I live now and he's got so much money. And anyway, he's got a business where he's buying and selling and and all he talks about is money. Mm. It's just nonstop Mm. and it's so boring. And he comes up to pick up his son every afternoon because all the kids play in my yard and, and... the other day something came up and there was another man there collecting his kids and I said, oh, look, I'm a Christian. You should have seen the look on his face. It's like, oh, no. But he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know. He likes me but I annoy him because he's, ah, how could she be? How big are you at? No, he can't. He couldn't. He's got all the money in the world but still he's a worry walk and he's boring. He's a pain in the neck. And but you can't understand why I, I'd have all these kids around and nobody's allowed in his pool because it splashes on his fence and on his <laughs> plants and everybody jumps in my pool and kills the grass because they splash so big. But, you know, you, you can't understand why you can be happy and contented. That's so I declared it the other day and he looked in disbelief and he's, he's respectful. So you don't mind sharing your faith these days? No, you? you've got to. You've got to. You're not doing your job. That's brave. It's not brave. Do you think? I bet that's led to some incredible conversations. It's. It has. But... Is it as scary as we think? What do you mean? Sharing your faith. No. that you're a Christian. No. It's good because you prune your garden. It's like if they don't like it, well, tough luck. If they do, well, here's more. But... You know, you're better off just declaring who you are and it's, I like, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I'm the happiest I've ever, ever been. And people would say, how could you be Mm. with my living circumstance, with Mm. family all around? But it's a a good time. Mm. And there's, my clothes, they're pretty minimal. I don't have much in the way of, I don't care about that sort of thing. And I looked at my car the other day and I thought, I don't want to buy a new car. Why would I want to do that? So I'm happy. You've, you've found a contentment in the, in the simple things in life. Yeah, yeah. But I think that was, I think 
most Christian or not Christian, we can still be contented with with small things in life. Yeah. But I've got God, and 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 I'm very thankful for the persistence in the Christian community in Noosa to have bothered with me, and for as long as I'm gonna cry for as long as they have, <laughs> like that's family. Well, I think I aggravated my sister, who would like to think that she's the be and end, be and end of of my life in lots of ways. But when I said, "Oh, I've got my Christian family. I'm closer to, in, geographically now to where they all are," I said, "It's nice to be a part of a Christian family." And I don't think she liked it because it displaced her. Mm. She's not not a Christian, but. It is. It's very, very it's important. It's a different relationship, but isn't and it? And this is a great. This is a great Christian community. This church. This is fabulous. It's. It's. It is. It's fabulous. It's, I think so too. It is. You've worked hard at it. It's awesome. It's, it hasn't just happened. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's the Would best be. Christian community. And you come to church and you say hello to all these people and you listen to the message and oh, it's wonderful. It's good. It's good. And KYB. I mean, look. I used to go there years ago, I think, I, but I kept going back, and and I think, oh, geez, these singing and this, oh, these stories, these prayers are so boring. But now, oh, I can't wait to get there. Wow! And it's it's a group of of all different ages of women who are like minded, with great respect for one another. Yeah. And we learn the book of Daniel we're doing now. That's remarkable. That book. I mean, 80 years of age, and he's it's held in such amazing. high respect yeah. by that King Darius or whatever so his name good. was. So good. Yeah, I mean, I was telling the girls, the twins at the kitchen table last night, I said, look, I'm learning about Daniel. And they said, not that Daniel again. <laughs> I said, well, you've got him for another few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want dinner tonight, you have to sit here and listen all about him. I love it. Fantastic. No, it is. It's, it's a great Christian community. And great, isn't it? Yeah, I've, like I've been in Noosa for a long time and I've played a lot, a lot of tennis, done a lot of things, sold real, done this, done that. But the f- people I know from those different groups and their non-Christian groups, they're still dear to me. But my Christian community, especially the ladies in that, mm-hmm. the old-fashioned ladies, mm-hmm. licorice all sorts in KYB, that has to be pretty well top of the tree. That's awesome. Yeah. It? So good. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a different ball game. Beautiful. Thank you, Patria, for sharing about the God in you. As I've said before, it inspires me and oh. I hope it's inspired others as they've heard about your story and um, get to go on a bit of a journey with you and can't wait to read the book. Okay. Look, thanks for having me, Kristen. Thanks for joining us today. We pray that you have been blessed and encouraged by the God in Us story that you've just listened to. Can I encourage you that if you get the opportunity, introduce yourself to the teller of the story and tell them that you want to hear more. God has blessed us with each other to do this journey called Life Together.